0: 12 o'clock today someone very special to me said do not go on that show tonight knowing it's the last time she said to me don't go out there and cry don't go out
1: there and say you're sorry because I'm not
2: there is no shame." In the town. When it comes to your health, you can't be too cautious. So that's it after 20 years. So long good luck. I don't recall saying good luck.
0: He deserves a funeral,
2: at least.
1: shit
2: hello and welcome to against austin an against me podcast i'm Dwayne. i'm here with austin how's it going
3: hello i was going to sing really loudly i came in like a wrecking ball because it's going to be a foreshadowing (laughs) of things to come later that i'm very excited about (laughs) all right well this
2: is the the finale i won't say it's the last episode there may be another one in the future the thing that we have agreed on is that if they make another album, we will do another show.
3: Um is that what we agreed on? Is that part of the act have to relook through that contract? I'm pretty sure we, we talked about that <laughs> right. in the air, but yeah, I think it's
2: possible they'll do another album in the next year or two, and then if they do we will most likely review i'm not going to say 100% we'll come back cuz who knows what a lot the future, can happen between now what, what and then what the future may hold so but uh we will do if they make another out, al- i tell you what if they make another album next year it's pretty likely that we'll do it again uh, yeah <laughs> and it's got to be a studio album of new songs under the against me name right yeah all right that's that's what we'll hold to so it is the finale <laughs> but it may not be the last ever episode but pretty close right,
3: right. this is good it'll be like a it'll be what is it? an afterwards that's yeah that's the, yeah. You know.
2: yeah but this is the wrap up uh we have got a lot to get into we have got our top 10 against me songs we ranked all of their albums we have some rare songs to talk about, which I'm pretty sure we're going to have some disagreements on a couple of these. Uh, I have some mini reviews of all the solo work that Laura has done since uh, our last episode. Uh, I went to see the men zingers in concert and awesome. We got voicemails again. Sweet. So it. my apologies to anyone who sent a voicemail. We have had these for a long time. Um I had a bit of a breakdown last week. It's been a long time in between episodes, but I'm doing much better now. I'm not going to get into all of that, but uh, yeah, that's why the show is delayed. So apologies to everyone who sent a voicemail. Um, so let's just get right into these voicemails. The first one I'm going to play is from Ed, because I've had this for like over two weeks.
3: You've had told- this voicemail longer than Kanye hated Jews. <clears throat>
2: I messaged Ed and I said, Ed, we're going to talk about Miley Cyrus on the next episode. And I just know that that is someone that you are interested in. So you can call in and say whatever you want about Miley Cyrus. And he goes, how long do I have? And I was like, oh, you got loads of time. We're not recording until next week. He's like, "Okay, great. And within a few hours, I had a voicemail. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) he probably doesn't remember what he said now. So here we go. Here's what Ed had to say.
0: Hey, hey uh, Austin and uh, and Dwayne. How are you guys at that? Uh, I don't know when this is going to come out. so I might be formerly a there at this point. I don't know. <laughs> um, but Dwayne uh, got a hold of me and said that uh, you guys are going to talk about Miley Cyrus and that seems like someone I would have something to say about. Uh, and he's right. I do. I was a, I was a big Hannah Montana fan. and I, I knew it. That I used to love to get stoned and watch Hannah Montana because it was Awful. I love that show. Um and um they made the Hannah Montana movie, right? So uh I don't I know. I was like, Man, I'd love to go see that movie, but I can't roll up to that movie by myself. <laughs> it was like a <laughs> fucking weirdo. I can't have that happen. And I was lamenting about this fact at work and my boss, um who was like my best friend's mom and we knew me very well, was like, I will let you stay on the clock right now if you take my two daughters to go see that movie because i don't want to fucking see that at all and i was like absolutely so my job that day was to go see a movie that i wanted to see uh with my uh best friends like little sisters and like i it was it was a great time <laughs> uh that movie's fucking awesome it's so bad <laughs> uh i don't Everybody, plug your ears, you know. And spoilers for the Hannah Montana movie, but one of the last scenes is she takes her wig off, she's like, "I'm Miley Stewart," and I'm just like, "All oh, y'all!" And everyone, the whole town is like, "We will keep your secret. We will keep your secret, <laughs> Hannah Montana."
3: And such a big surprise.
0: Like, there's not one asshole in that town. It's like, fuck that! I'm gonna make money off this. <laughs> the whole fucking town. We <laughs> 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 back. <laughs> it's so fucking bad that movie rules. Oh, uh, it's the you know? <laughs> That's wrong. No. Oh, so, you guys last episode, too. Everybody's just finishing
2: up. That's it. he cuts off
0: there. <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> no. So, it's like
2: the scene in Spider Man 2 when, like, uh,. He's on the train and his mask gets ripped off. And they're all like, we promise to keep your secret, Miley Cyrus. (laughs)
3: Well, the worst. I mean, but what's different about Spider-Man is he has a mask that covers his entire face. Hannah Montana looks like Miley. Like there's really like with a wig on. That's it.
2: Yeah, I I have never seen this show. I don't know anything about Hannah Montana at all, but uh, it sounds fascinating. I guess we'll get more into your feelings on uh, Miley Cyrus later you said you had a lot to say about that
3: well i know and i know i also haven't watched a lot of hannah montana and it was a little it was a little young for me uh i was a little old for that that but i do know that dolly parton plays her aunt uh i so mean it's I- so
2: it's a little old for Ed because I feel like we yeah. are the same age. If he's not, maybe a year younger than me, and like <laughs> you know, uh, I I was definitely too old for the show. When
3: it was. <laughs>
2: he also mentioned like having a job, so he's definitely like an adult. But yes. <laughs> you know what? I mean? you you know know
3: what? what the, Everyone can he,
2: love Hannah Montana. He was a he was a hero to children that day, Austin, and that's what matters most.
3: <laughs> well, I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs>
2: All right, let's see. So last time I did not label the voicemails. I, I just played them at random. This time I did label them, which I wish I hadn't done, because now I'm, I don't know what order to play them in. Uh Who do you want to hear from? I don't,
3: well, you don't even know who, who called. We... No, yeah. just play one.
2: <laughs> okay, I think the next... You know what? <clears throat> let's just go ahead and play Dalton's. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Because uh, his his was the voicemail that, like, most, last time multiple people told me how much they enjoyed Dalton's voicemail and how they, I should have shut up and not spoke over him. So thanks, listeners. Anyway, here's what he had to say.
1: Hey, boys. I just want to congratulate you guys on a successful run of a podcast. Dwayne, I know it's not easy. Uh, in all seriousness, I wanted to let you know that I'm proud of you. It's good to see you come out of your shelf and become your own uh, character on this podcast, and it's been a wonderful ride. Awesome. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> I heard okay. about Miley Cyrus today, and I have a Miley Cyrus hot take. Oh, boy, do I have. Oh, no. We've all heard Miley Cyrus' cover of Zombie. Oh, so we've all heard that. Just, Not all of us. Mwah, Chef kiss. And it is better than anything the cranberries have ever done. Oof,
3: that is That's a hot my day. call.
1: All right, Boston, I'll see you at home base over at If You Catch My Grift. <laughs> and, Dwayne, I really hope that this isn't the end for you. I hope that you will find another project that you feel passionate enough about to go and create another podcast. All right, boys, I love y'all. Have a good one.
3: Love you too, Dalton.
2: Yeah, thank you, Dalton. That was very nice of you to say. Um, Yeah, we'll see what happens.
3: (laughs) I will just say, as much as I like the Miley Cyrus cover, I think it's a very good cover. I'm not sure that it beats the Cranberries, but I ain't mad enough to fight about that one.
2: I've not heard it, so I can't I can't say I will say I don't have strong feelings about the cranberries
3: like I like their totally not totally not surprised. (laughs) (laughs) I like
2: their hits well enough, you know, if they come on, I go, yeah, that's all right. But I'm not like uh, doing like a deep dive into like their stuff. But uh, yeah. All right. So I don't think that's as controversial as you would hope, Dalton. See, having controversial music takes is not something that you can do. It is just who you are. I don't say things about music that offends people on purpose. I say things that I think everybody believes, and then people start yelling at me. That's you know what I mean. I don't know that I've done anything, and then you you can't manufacture that. You just you have to be an irritating person naturally.
3: uh well i'm here for it listen we've 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 been doing this for uh, almost a year <laughs> yeah
2: yeah well we started talking about it in like february yeah, I was think. The same. yeah yeah i don't think the the shows came out until the very end of march but we were planning it in like early february as far as like how it would work and what we were going to do and yep
3: yeah, so it's so almost an entire year. That's basically wild. the whole
2: year. Yeah,
3: I started thinking about the
2: idea in my head probably around the end of the year last year.
3: All right. So let's just then, say a full calendar year. This next one is from
2: someone who did not call in last time. Ooh. Yes, and the name is Mason, and I know them from the uncle to uncle discord. And Mason. Uh, I don't know yes. you, but hi. <laughs> Let's see what he had to say. He's not from America. So I'll let that stand. This Even one
1: time. Guys, this is Mason
2: Colin. I just want to say how much I've enjoyed the show.
3: I hadn't really heard of Against Me before. Uh, Dwayne was plugging the pod on Twitter. Um, I've probably spent more time listening to the pod than I have any of the music you guys have been talking about, but I just <laughs> really loved your guys' dynamic and the banter, uh, the asides to other topics and the discussion of the band. It's, it's been real fun. I uh, hope you guys do some more stuff together in the future. And just thanks for all the uh, entertainment. Bye.
2: Okay. Well, thank you very much. He was very, he said, told me he was very hesitant to call. I said, you can't sound dumber than I do when Or when I get on here. So don't worry me,
3: about me. When, when Dwayne encounters me about my Metallica hot take or my Metallica <laughs> takes, he's like, well, name me like three albums. And I go, I have no idea. Mason, thank I, you, man. I am a I'm a fan of yours as well now as of as of today. So, you know. We're gonna get into what Mason
2: said in just a second, but that reminded me of a story that I've always remembered. Um, this guy really got on my nerves one time. I hate when people are like gatekeepers about me. I, I'm very annoying about the music I like and about the music that I don't like. But if you want to talk to me about like a band that I like, I would love to talk to you about that forever <laughs> like you know what i mean uh, clearly we've been doing how many fucking hours of this so uh, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but uh i remember i was in college i think and i had like a metallica shirt on and there was this old dude he had to have been like in his 40s in the class and he was like oh well you like metallica uh, and i was like yeah and he's like can you name all their albums and i was like, "Yes, bitch and i listed them all because of course i fucking know that motherfucker but even if i didn't who cares right like it's it's who gives a shit like i have definitely not i mean when i was younger i would definitely wear shirts of stuff that i did not give a fuck about just because i thought it looked cool and i think that's totally acceptable to do there's you don't have to like a band to wear their shirt or you don't have to know every fucking song they've ever played to say that you like them
3: no it's you know? true i also I, I i will say i don't appreciate two things one you said some old dude who's probably in his 40s well well i was i was i was
2: 18 at the time
3: okay <laughs> you know? and then number two was i said something and you're like you just reminded me of a guy that really annoyed me this gatekeeper i'm just just i'm like we are playing word association right now i would be a little offended i'm not i'm not no it's because
2: it's because you said that I told you I, to name three Metallica ounces. And I'm just like, that's not something I would ever do because I'm, I'm so stuck with you. I'm still annoyed that this guy did this to me like 20 years later. It hasn't been 20 years. I'm not that old, but it's been about 15. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still I never talked to that guy again. He was like, Oh, you really know about him. And then he tried to talk to me. And I'm like, fuck off, dude.
3: Still got that like, pebble in your shoe.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, get out of town. Anyway, Mason. <laughs> Thank you so much for calling. Uh, He was very supportive of me recently, and uh, I really appreciate you reaching out to me and to leave, leaving a voicemail as far as the future. I don't know, man, maybe. Um, I I guess we'll get into it now. Um, I've really enjoyed doing the podcast. Like I, I, I love talking to Austin and I love like doing the research and, listening to these albums over and over and really thinking deeply about every song on an album in a way that I would not do, Uh probably outside of this, like that part of it, I really, really enjoy. I don't really enjoy uh, putting myself out there as like a public facing figure. Um I really don't enjoy plugging it. I really feel like I'm bothering people anytime I mention that I have a podcast Yeah, uh, and Conrad and some others have told me like, you're being an idiot about that, but I feel bad about it. It I feel like I listen. I feel like people followed me on Twitter for a long time when I did not have anything to plug. And this year it has just been constant of I've got this podcast and I know that's got to annoy some people. But um that's not a reason to not do it. Who knows? Um
3: who knows? It's a new year.
2: What I, what I what I will say is this. It is highly unlikely that we do another music podcast. Maybe something happens in the future and I change my mind. Right. Uh but I think Austin and I both feel very strongly that to come on here and talk about a different band or try to do like an album of the week type thing would just be doing like a lesser version of what we have already done. Right. And I'm, I, as much as I am self deprecating and doubt myself and am very negative about everything that I ever do. I am fairly proud of what we have done here, and I really don't want to tarnish that by keeping something going just for the sake of it. I really appreciate that people want to hear more. That really makes me feel good. But um, I don't know if that is the right thing to do,
3: but we will see. How yeah, we'll see. You know, here's the thing is, I mean, these are cheap to cheap to make and get out there and easy to produce. I mean, like, really. It's it, there's there's a lot the future can hold, but I agree. I mean, like I part of the reason I wanted to do this because it's was like was because it was a finite podcast, right? It was like there's yes. going to be an end and we've got we're going to go on a journey. We're telling a, a story from the beginning <laughs> to the end. And I was like, that's cool because that's not my other show that I'm on. Right. Like I that one's going to the- go forever until I quit or fall dead.
2: Yes. I mean one of the biggest hesitations for me in doing any kind of podcast is once you do this and then you're trapped. And I know myself. Uh I don't respond to pressure very well. And uh I I just think I would probably have some kind of mental uh episode and have <laughs> a breakdown too. if I'm like 2 years into this podcast I don't know how to quit doing it. But yep. this was like um this was like we from day 1 we were like we're going to do this many episodes, and then we're not going to do any more.
3: Mm-hmm. And we're like, sounds great. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and then after this, after this podcast, after this episode drops, anybody that's listening, feel free to like tag Laura Jane Grace in anything on Twitter. I don't agree with that. I don't
1: agree with that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Rule <agree> <laughs> Ro- number one is over. <laughs> Uh, well, I don't I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not sure. At one point, so we were like midway through this, and I was like, you know what? When this is over, let's tell let's tell Laura Jane Grace about it. And now I'm getting to the end and I was like, I don't think I want her to listen to this because I don't think I want to be on her radar at all. Ever.
2: Ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of my thing. It's like, yeah, I just don't want her to know who I'm at all. Like, I don't want
3: yeah, it, worked. No, it worked. You you turned me no, into you by the No advice. offense, Laura. Like I
2: love her and I think she's amazing, but like, God, the pressure of just trying to be friends with like normal people is too much. for me. I can't even imagine if like Laura was like, asked, listen to this. I got my coworker started listening and I had like a panic attack about it. Um, So I can't even imagine if like the actual subject matter was to stumble upon this. And do you imagine if she turned this on? And then we're on here talking about fucking Kenny Omega or something like we normally do. You know what I mean? She's like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) All right. All right, let's move on. We got two more voicemails. All right. This next one is going to be very interesting, Austin. Um, Because you are going to be here when I hear this person's voice for the first time in like, I want to say like seven years. I think January... Of 2016 is the last time that I saw her? That could be wrong. Anyway, um, we'll just play her voicemail, and then I'll explain. Uh, This is my ex-girlfriend, Miranda.
4: Miranda! Hey, Austin. Hey, Dwayne. This is Miranda. I'm just calling in, and I'm going to ask a question because I know you're both into music obviously and wrestling because y'all always talk about it <laughs> so if you could choose any four wrestlers to start a band oh, man who would you choose and what would you call the band thanks y'all take care
2: okay we're gonna answer that but i gotta say two things first of all we reconnected because of this podcast yeah She found the podcast and she messaged me and she said, Hey, I listened to the podcast and it sounds like you're doing really good. And I can't tell you how much that meant to me. Like, uh, we are like friends again. We talk all the time now and it's like been really great. She's in the discord with Austin and Dalton and, uh, yeah, she's got super into if you catch my grift and all that stuff. I told a pretty graphic story about her on the, if you catch my grift Patreon and uh, she found it and she was not mad about it. She was cool about it. And uh, yeah. So reconnected. All right. Since she brought up wrestling, I'm going to tell a story about when we were together that always makes me laugh. So of course I'm super into wrestling. And one day she goes, I want you to show me wrestling," Cause she was a big uh, UFC fan at the time. I don't know if she still is, but, um, So I picked out a match from New Japan, which was Shinsuke Nakamura versus Kota Ibushi Mm -hmm. from the G1 in 2013. And this is one of my favorite matches of all time because it's so fast and intense. And like, watching this match, it's like a 15-minute match or something, you know, with the entrances and everything. Sitting there watching it very closely, dead silence. And it ends, and I look at her and I go, so what did you think about it? And she goes... Yeah, I can tell they're not really fighting. And I was like, well, I've lost this. (laughs) Oh, man. What wrestlers would you want to form a band? Wow. Okay. Obviously, if it's going to be a band that I'm into, we're going to need a female singer. So I'm trying to think who would be a good singer that is a female wrestler. Ooh, you know what we could do? We could do like a new metal thing with like Bianca Belair. Okay. I think you got to have Sami Zayn in there, but like as the drummer or something, or the bass player, he's not, he's not on vocals, but he's got to be in there. He's because that he's a fun, energetic guy. You got to have Sammy in there. So it has to be four, right? Yeah. She did say four. It's going to (laughs) be Bianca Belair as the one of the vocalists. Jeff Hardy as the other vocalist. Then you've got Rhea Ripley playing guitar and Sammy Zane on the drums. That's I that's like my group. It.
3: Now, yeah. what are the, what are the, what are, what's the name? Oh, dude, I don't know.
2: Let's skip that. I can't think of a good name. I'm, <laughs> bad, I'm
3: bad at naming things.
2: I always hate when you create a wrestler in the video game and then you have to name them. I don't know what to name them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh all right, so that's my band, Austin. What's yours?
3: I think I'd have to do because of wrestling's long history of rapper gimmicks. I think I gotta go like a rap super group. Okay. You know, like you got a bunch of dudes on stage, they all have mics, they're all yelling shit at different times, and they're like, okay. and so I would have I'm gonna list the core four, but then there's like a special guest who shows up every once in a while okay. and just and just like does sort of a run-in so the hip-hop the 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 hip-hop group would be obviously john cena right okay the the best that ever did the hip-hop gimmick (laughs) but then you got to throw back to early like my prime time days watching wcw i gotta throw pn news in there okay maybe the worst wrestler one of the worst wrestlers (laughs) of all time great gimmick you gotta put our truth because I think he can, Okay. he, he yeah. does he can actually rap. And then we gotta throw like a little reggaeton in there. So we're gonna put Conan in there as well. Okay. So it's going gonna... <laughs> right. So Conan's gonna come on when the Spanish starts and he'll you know he'll he'll hip back. And then the run in guy, the special guest, the one that like freaks the crowd out when it happens. And I don't know if you've ever heard this album, but it's Fucking incredible is the macho man Randy Savage. Oh, of course, throw of course. some bars. And he's got a rap album where he calls Hulk Hogan shit out. It's great. And he talks about how Kurt Henning was his perfect friend. It's a fantastic album, worth the listen, but he's the run-in. All right. <clears throat>
2: we got one more voicemail. This is from Allie. Allie. And um Hi Allie. Yes. She said that she had a lot of questions, and I told her that she could ask as many as she wanted. So let's see what she said.
3: All right. I'm gonna write hey,
4: down. y'all. It's Allie, a.k.a. Queen Hooker, here. Um, since Dwayne pressured me into calling and leaving a voicemail, uh, here it goes. I have several questions, actually. Um, and that's why I wanted to leave a voicemail, but I procrastinated. So here we go. What is your best drunk story? Uh, I'll go first. One time I was like 19 and my friend took me home from a house party and I made her stop twice on the road uh, on the half hour trip home to puke on the side of the road. And then when we got back to my apartment, I fell down face first into a snowdrift. Third question. (laughs) Tell me something that you felt like you couldn't live without before, but that you can't care less about now
2: okay
4: um and lastly what's some music that you're almost embarrassed to admit you like um oh boy. i know dwayne is pretty set in his music ways so this is more for dr griff daddy <laughs> so, for me it's christmas music except that i goddamn mariah carey song all right we it's got that one. we got
2: heat now that's the only good christmas line.
4: um that's it guys <laughs> you made a beautiful podcast and i'm oh. so happy to be a part of it i'll talk thank to y'all soon you. bye thank you, thank you allie you so,
2: thank you so much for calling <laughs> she, <laughs> she missed the deadline the first time <laughs> but I knew she wanted to, to send a voicemail. So I messaged her and I said, there's still time. We had to reschedule. And she said, Oh, great. Thank you so much for rescheduling. And I, uh, it made me laugh. Cause I was like, yes, you are so welcome that I had a breakdown and like was losing my mind. <laughs> okay. Let's let you go first. Cause I think as people know, I, I don't really drink that much, so I don't really have uh, too many great stories, but uh, what, what about you?
3: Oh, Lord. Um, one one is really long, and I'm not going to get into that. Uh, but the other one is definitely more telling as to my bad behavior many, many years ago. Uh, I went to... <laughs> I wa- went, my roommate at the time worked for the Weinsteins, those Weinsteins. He didn't, okay. Yeah. He worked for Miramax. And so he actually worked for Dimension Films, which was part of the Miramax. Anyway, his boss was Bob Weinstein. He didn't work for Harvey, but they were in two different, like, it was like the third floor and the fourth floor or whatever. Yeah. So he invited me because he was, his girlfriend also worked for them. So he invited me as his plus one to the Christmas party. Yeah. And I got very, very, very drunk. And I feel bad about it because it was not my party to do that. Like I was just the plus one and I ended up getting way too drunk and basically cut the night short because I had to get into a cab and get the hell out of there. And he was gracious enough seeing the state I was in to help me out with it. Well, we get into the first cab and the guy says, no, I'm not taking you right he's like "You, yeah, this guy's too drunk he's gonna throw up all over the place and i'm like sitting in the back going i'm not gonna throw up. I'm, I'm just fine i'm fine and so he he says no get out of the cab and so my roommate who shall remain nameless goes over he's like hey we got to get out and i was like what's going on i didn't know what was going on i had no idea he yeah. goes oh he's kicking us out of the cab he says you're gonna throw up and i said i'm not gonna throw up and he says yeah he's gonna kick your cab And I don't know what happened, but I went apeshit. I mean, like, absolutely ballistic in the back of the car. I've never behaved like that before. I've never behaved that afterwards. But I, like, reach up and, like, try to grab the driver through the, like, plexiglass divider in the cab. And it was open. And I'm, like, trying to get... And I can't get... And, like, my my it's going, get out of the car! What are you doing? You're out of your mind! And so, I get it, finally get out of the car. And the driver's, like, yelling at me through the driver's side window. And I reach in with both hands to the driver's side window, grab the guy's collar, and I'm trying to pull him out of the yellow cab in the middle of the street. My roommate is like, oh my god, what is wrong with you? Like, what are you doing? This is insane. So he finally like wrestles me off of this guy. Um, I'm, oh I, am I it was, it was really bad. There was a lot happening at that moment, but he really got me and he, he puts me back down on the curb. He's like, just stay there. I'm going to get another cab. Just stay there. Stay out of sight. He's like, we're going to get a cab. I'll jump in first. Then you jump in and we'll just go like, he doesn't need to see you. Like you clearly are, look like a mess. And so we finally get in the other cab. We go and he and and the again the driver's like he's he's way too drunk. I don't want to take him. He's gonna throw up in the cab. And, and my roommate's like, dude, I will pay you an extra two hundred dollars if he throws up, he's not gonna throw up. And then he looks at me, he's like, You're not gonna throw up, right? I was like, I'm not gonna throw up, I'm fine. And he's like, All right, I'll give you an extra two hundred dollars of Vita. So finally the guy's like, Okay. So he drives us. First of all, it's illegal to do that. Once you have someone in your cab, you can't kick them out, but whatever. So we finally get back to our, our apartment in Brooklyn. He stops the cab my roommate gets out i get out of the car and i immediately just throw up all over the concrete <laughs> but not in the car not in the cab <laughs> all right all over so all over the, the sidewalk and the cab driver at that point i think felt bad for me so he got out of the cab he had like a roll of toilet paper or paper towels he's like here you go and i was like thanks so much i told you i wasn't gonna throw up in the cab i waited until we got home so i go upstairs the next day i had to go to work <laughs> bad idea I, again, got sick and I got so sick when I was throwing up that I burst every blood vessel from my nose up in my face it looked like, oh, no. like imagine where batman's like cowl hits this like his, yeah. his his mask hits him. <laughs> that was nothing but burst my capillaries God. <laughs> Oh <laughs> I my felt, gosh. i felt like hell i had burst capillaries all in my face my, my head my cheeks my nose my my forehead so i called my boss and i'm like i can't come in and he's like man i really need you to come in today and i was like i i I can't and I kind of told him what happened. He starts laughing and he's like, no, dude, you got to come in. I'm sorry. I really need your help here today. And I was like, oh, fuck. So I show up to work. I worked the whole day. I worked in the back. I was like, I can't talk to people right now. Like, I'll do whatever else you need me to do. I just can't deal with people right now. So I worked the rest of the day with no shoes on, with a burst capillary face, blew my face completely up. And yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. So I fought a cab driver, threw up at Harvey Weinstein's party, and then uh, went all Batman face with a bunch of burst <laughs> blood vessels. So yeah, that was fun. Good times. Love it. <laughs>
2: Well, I definitely can't top
3: that. Uh, yeah, well, the, I mean, the other story I was going to tell maybe for a, another time or another method was when I uh, stole a bunch of food in the middle of Prospect Park in Brooklyn from a church uh, event. Like it was a bunch of church. And I just went and got I was really drunk. I got in line, grabbed a plate and just started eating food and walked away, went over to my friends and they were like, where did you get that? And I was like, I don't know. It was like a thing over there.
2: <laughs> OK, I did think of one thing. Uh, it's not as good as your story. But uh, it, I did have a, a lost memory from high school. Um, I, I, I was ne- never a heavy drinker. Um, I have not drank any alcohol in like, I don't know, since I was 21. Wow. Um, when I turned 21, I went to stay with my friends who lived down at the coast for about two and a half weeks. And I got drunk every day with them. And then when that was done, I was like, I think I've had enough of that. And that was pretty much it. But the story I was going to tell was when I did drink a handful of times in high school. One time I was hanging out with my friends over at this. um, His parents had bought this like old abandoned house. And while they were figuring out what to do with it, they were just letting us kind of hang out there whenever we wanted and so we had built a fire one night and we're drinking and i thought that it would be a good idea to throw like a um like full beer can in the fire you know (laughs) and of course it exploded and made a big sound and then the flame went up and his parents came down and were like, okay, you got to leave. You got to go. Right. And so, um,
4: I was like, what the fuck.
2: <laughs> All right. I ended up getting up with these other guys that I didn't really know very well, but I knew well enough to say like, Hey, what the fuck are you guys doing? I, can you come get me? You know? <laughs> Cause I, I don't want to go home and say, I got kicked out of this, party but like I can't come home because I said I'm staying there. So what, what are you what are you guys doing tonight? Can you come get me? And uh they were like well, we were just gonna uh we were just gonna hang out and go camping and um steal a bunch of tires from this place and go set them on fire. And I was like yeah that sounds great to me. Come get me. <laughs> so that's what we did. <laughs> and uh just hang out with those guys that night and then uh yeah I went home the next morning. But uh yeah I Anytime, anytime I got really drunk, I always like had to do something the next day and immediately regretted it. And it was yeah. just like, I just, I just never. And also like, I'm, I'm going to This may shock you, Austin. I'm not like a super fun person to drink with. Um, I was into other drugs in my college days, but uh, it's never a big alcohol guy. But uh, what was her
3: next question? Austin was something you couldn't live without before, but don't care about now. Huh. Wow. That's a very good question. I will say, I mean, I'll start. Maybe it'll make it easier for you right now. I mean, I think of as of right now, it's, I don't know. Sometimes I think, and and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is just if I didn't have my phone, if I didn't have to have a phone, like a smartphone for work, I don't know if I'd want one, need one, or be sad that I didn't have it. Mm. But that's a hypothetical. So I'm not going to use that. But I think right now, I feel like social media. I kind of feel like I the the st- I've been just kind of slowly getting myself away from it and I'm okay without it. And maybe that's a super serious answer and not a fun one, but I'm I'm really at that point where I'm like I don't need any of this bullshit. I'd rather just talk to people I like. Sure. Um
2: Yeah, I mean I guess one is would be like pain pills. <laughs> it's definitely a thing of like, man, when I was doing it, it was so great. And I think about like all the super fun times I had, but then also think of like, God, I would just not want to do that now. Like that'd be <laughs> horrible <laughs> to do. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, oh, fuck it. I just thought of what it is, Austin. Duh, obviously. (laughs) I'm going to edit out everything I just said. Fuck all that. I just realized. The answer is that I have is cigarettes. I was a super heavy smoker. And when Miranda and I were together, I was like a massive smoker. Um, And I just never would have imagined quitting. Um, But I did. And now I just can't imagine like why I did that for so long. It was so terrible and uh cost me so much money. But I will say, um I I do I I do miss it a little bit.
3: You know what I <laughs> mean? It's but, uh,
2: but yeah, it's a, I quit smoking about well, and I think it'll be six years in April. So it's been a while. That's not a very funny answer, though. I don't really have anything that good. But uh <laughs> what, sorry. it's everyone. Not all
3: comedy. We're in the moment. This is not an improv group. <laughs> that is that is the downfall of. um
2: I didn't think it was fair to listen to the voicemails ahead of time when you can't. Yeah, no, but you're right it's about like, that. I am also like not the best person on the fly. I think about the things I'm going to say on the show a lot. And a lot of stuff I will practice ahead of time. Um so when I have to answer questions like off the cuff, I um, and I will say this, too, it's also just like part of my anxiety. Um, this is why I am not a very big hit in the dating scene. I'm getting better about it as I've gotten older, but when I, especially when I was younger, I will take people asking me any kind of personal questions as like some kind of attack. Like they're trying to figure out how to make fun of me. You know what I mean?
3: Instead of and, just trying to get to know you. Yeah.
2: Right. And I'll be like, why do they, why do they, you know, you know well, if, what, you know, I'm just so embarrassed about uh, myself, but uh, I think that leads into our next question.
3: <laughs> but, <laughs> was that the music one? Or is there another one? Yeah, no, that's the music one. It's the last one. It's the music yeah. that you're embarrassed to listen to. Now listen, I mean, I mean,
2: I know I have strong opinions about music, but yes, I don't like. Like obviously like stained, for example, I'm not proud of that. You know what I mean? (laughs) I do like them. Most of their songs are very bad, but they do have some very good ones. And I don't like, and I guess just new metal folk punk. I don't feel like, like fucking, I love Apes of the State, but it is kind of embarrassing when you have to explain to someone, like, oh, one of my favorite bands is a, is a folk punk band. You know what I mean? Like, let's do it. But, but I think the main one would be Phoebe Bridgers. Like, uh, I know that that's not, like, a cool thing for a 34-year-old guy to be digging into. I'm not embarrassed about Waxahachie, though, because she's fucking sick as hell
3: and rules. But, uh, <laughs> But maybe Phoebe. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything I'm necessarily embarrassed. I will also. Okay. Well then I will interrupt you really quickly
2: and just say that that is the difference between you and me. It's like, what are you embarrassed about liking every single thing that I like? (laughs) I'm embarrassed about everything. I like everything I've ever said, everything I've ever done. So like the idea that you would just like things sincerely and not ever feel bad about that it's just like i can't even imagine the world that you live in so yes that is
3: (laughs) well okay so i mean i would say with that caveat a song a specific song and i would you could tie it to the entire soundtrack that it shows up on there's a song that i get very like very sentimental maybe you could even say emotional about every time i hear it like but in a good way like it's a happy song but it's a very sweet song um, but it also may not resonate with a lot of people is Rainbow Connection from the Muppet movie as okay. sung by Kermit the Frog. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's a great song. It just makes me happy. I don't know why. It may be something in childhood like that comes back, but it's just a very optimistic, sweet song. And even though Kermit is singing it, it's just like this perfect performance. And it's something that like, if I was like... I'm gonna to go to a bar. I'm gonna put on the Rainbow Connection. We'd be like, "What the fuck is this?" But it's it means something to me. So, uh, right. big fan of Rainbow Connection. I think uh, I'm pretty sure Me First and the Gimme give covered it. Uh, yeah, they did. They did. Yeah. yeah, it's good. And that's a pretty good cover. It's no permit, but you know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Was that her last question? That's it. All right, Allie, thank you so much. Thanks, she Allie. has been like a massive supporter of She's the awesome. show and um, just me personally, like from day one. And uh, thank you so much for sending in another voicemail. Anything else you want to say about anything
3: that anyone said? <laughs> no, I think we're good. I think we're good. I, All right. I, I, feel, I feel confident our answers are one of the most entertaining, but like uh, those are truthful.
2: Yes, yes. the voicemail segment last time I thought was was very fun and entertaining. And this time it was mostly just people going, hey, you're really great. And thank you so much. We appreciate
3: that. And you hate (laughs) that.
2: (laughs) I honestly, I love it. Uh, That is like that is the one thing that has kept the podcast going. It's just any time anyone has ever mentioned to me that they liked it. I can't fucking tell you like how much that meant to me like that anyone would take the time to listen to this and then enjoy what they heard i just can't even fathom so thank you so much to anyone who called this time anybody who called last time anybody who has ever asked a question or reached out to me to say that they listen like i thank you so fucking much i really appreciate it all right let's move on austin i went to a concert uh, I just want to talk about this very briefly because i I had a really good time. I went to see the menzingers on the on the impossible past ten year anniversary tour. So what they were basically doing is playing the whole album. Um, th- this is widely considered by their fans like the best album they ever did. It's their third album, and uh it's really where they kind of found like, their sound, and and
3: uh, it was basically the blueprint for what they would do for the rest of their careers. It's the one I've listened to probably the most. Yeah. It's very good. Very good yeah. album. One of
2: my favorite albums of all time. So I was super excited that they were going to play the whole album in full, uh, and they just, like, went right into it. They do not talk a lot on stage. I've seen them a few times, and, like, they are just not a band that, like, they're, they always seem like they're very grateful to the crowd and that they're very happy to be there, but it's not a lot of talking or explaining the songs. And it was right. so funny because like uh, they played the whole album and the last song is kind of like a slower acoustic song. And they just like did not waste any time, like almost like, stopped in the middle of a note and just started playing like another fast song, just like, okay, we're done with that. We're doing something else now. And then they played like uh, the whole album and then they played about seven or eight more songs. And uh yeah, it was really, really good. Um They don't really play any old stuff. They never really play stuff from before that album these days. Uh I thought maybe on this tour they would, but they didn't. I don't know. Hmm. I mean that's not a big thing, but they they no. don't really ever play anything from their first couple albums anymore and i've i from what I understand it's been that way for a while
3: um I mean I don't blame them I don't even listen to early podcasts that I listen that I've made I'm like Dalton yeah. is like, why are people still listening to the first episode we ever recorded? he's like, it's terrible and I was like, yeah, but it's number one so yeah
2: people are gonna start at the beginning.
3: It's terrifying. I don't like that thought <laughs> <laughs> some of those early episodes were rough shit some of the na- new episodes are rough too but whatever <laughs> last last thing I wanted to say about
2: this is one of the songs they did play uh, was a song called Irish Goodbyes and this is like a pretty rare song it's not on any of their albums it was just kind of released on like an obscure compilation but it is like one of their best songs and it is like one of my favorite songs of all time And I was not expecting them to play it at all because it's like an obscure song. And Austin, I literally like lost my fucking mind. I don't think I've ever been that excited to hear a song at a concert. Like I was literally like jumping up and down and yelling. Like I was so excited to hear this fucking song. And uh, it was great because I would say about forty percent of the crowd had the same reaction I did, of like, oh, "Holy shit, I cannot believe this!" And then a lot of the crowd was just kind of looking around, like, "Why is everyone so excited about this song that I've never heard before?" So- would you?
3: So, can I ask you a question? So, when they play that song, everybody get excited. Yeah. Would you say that it was a party in the USA?
2: <laughs> oh God, Jesus! Yeah, I guess so. I guess okay. I just checking. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, it's funny because um I feel like I don't have a ton to say about this concert because, like, the Menzingers are just so fucking good and consistent. Yeah. Like, if you go see them, you know they're going to be great. So it's like, yeah, it was just a really good concert. I had a lot of fun. They played a song that I just could not fucking believe they played. And, like, I was – I've been to a lot of concerts this year. I think that was probably the most – I don't think I would say it's obviously it's not the best concert I've been to this year, Austin. I did not meet a dog. I mean, you.
3: That's you, yeah. That's the really the price. It's so, still the, like the amount of times that I hear you tell that story. It just, it's like, oh, here, I'm I'm almost at the point where I'm like, here comes the talk about the dog, Austin. It's
2: one of the greatest
3: things that ever happened to me. I, I was thinking is.
2: about I, was, I love I was, it for you. I was thinking about this the other day, of like, what is cooler. When I sang on stage with Laura Jane Grace or when I met the dog, I think it's the dog. And I'm going to tell you why. Because if you go to a concert, right, especially if you are a younger person, I didn't have this thought, but people might have this thought. If I go and stand in the front row and sing really loud, they're going to notice me and they're going to let me sing with them. Right. That is something that could conceivably happen at a concert. It's very rare. but. People might imagine that that was gonna happen. I never in my wildest dreams would have thought I'm gonna walk into this building and hang out with a dog. There's just no fucking way that I could have ever been prepared for that. yep so, yeah. so <laughs> I, think, I think uh that just narrowly edges it out um
3: that's fair, I get it.
2: It also happened more recently, so but uh yeah, anyway. <laughs> Back back to the men's singers, very briefly. Uh, I think like that moment when they were playing Irish goodbyes is probably like the happiest I have been at a concert, like maybe ever in my life. Like I was so That's amazing. That's yeah. awesome. So, uh, yeah, I had a really great time. Now, I, uh, well, we won't get into it too much, but there was like an indie show going on. Uh, that I was going back and forth on whether I should go. Uh, they had like a bunch of old XWWE names. But when I was in the middle of my breakdown, I was like, the perfect thing to do now would be to go to a bad wrestling show. Everything you need to know about this show is, is summed up in the main event, Awesome. What it was, was a, it was a steel cage match. Oh Lord! For the world championship, and it was Carlito versus Mr. Kennedy. Oh
3: God, Jesus
2: <laughs> I'm Christ! Sure you can imagine. I,
3: I want I want neither of those guys to be my world. Oh! <laughs> I really wish we did not have so much to get into
2: because I really would love to talk to you about that show for a long time because so much weird shit happened. But it was so long. Every fucking match went at least five minutes longer. Yeah. It was 10 25 p.m. when they started putting this cage together, it oh, took Jesus them Christ. like 20 minutes to put it up, and then they had like a fucking eight
3: minute match where they That's did. You don't not- do cage <laughs> matches, indie shows. You got to. It's expensive. <laughs> they had
2: they had an ambulance match where they had a real ambulance, oh, and God. a guy came out in a jeep. Like there's no fucking way this show made money. Like no, the budget for this chance. was insane. There was like an ex WWE name in every match, and like, uh, yeah. But anyway,
3: uh, if they got paid.
2: They had, a, I think everybody but got paid because they all seemed happy when they came okay. out. And like they, did, nobody had a great match because I don't just think it was in anybody that was booked on the card. But um, they were they were doing stuff. I've seen mr kennedy do less than he did on this show <laughs> <laughs> when well, he didn't do anything but uh, I, i'll be honest i thought they are gonna do fucking nothing and they did like almost nothing so for them i was like well that's but yeah they gave it it's a little. A, this is also like a family show there's a lot of kids i mean right. the attendance was pretty good i was i was impressed i've been to shows before in this building for different promotions where there weren't that many people and there were a lot bigger names but uh so it was it was there was a lot of people and the but it's like it's 1025 and we're building a cage and they went like eight minutes long and it didn't need to be a cage match they didn't do anything with
3: the cage there was no 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 the
2: cage was there so that they could like do stuff without having to take any bumps basically if we do a cage match, we can make it look like we're doing stuff that hurts. and not Right. We
3: just run people into the cage over and over <laughs> again.
2: Yeah. <laughs> All right, Austin. Let's move on to the next thing, which is I want to talk a little bit about what Laura has been up to since our last episode. Uh, she has put out a few releases. The first one, she formed a new group as kind of a one-off called Laura Jane Grace and the Devouring Mothers. And they made an album called Bought to Rot, which came out on November 9th, 2018 on Bloodshot Records. She is back to working with record labels instead of trying to self-release her stuff here. Uh, This is Laura Adam and Mark Hudson, who we talked about last time, being the producer, played a little bit of bass as well on the album. So there are three-piece. Um, I'm going to be really honest here, Austin. Mm-hmm. I, I was not a fan of this. Like, Did you go back and listen to it again? I listened to this about four times. And every time I felt stronger about my initial opinion that, like, there's some good songs on here. There's just nothing that's great. It's too erratic. It doesn't feel focused. It just feels like a bunch of songs, which is like probably what it was. Yes. Basically, from what I can gather, Laura had an album ready to go, and she didn't feel like it was up to against me quality. But we wrote all these songs, so let's go make an album. And uh, so I think everything that needs to be said about this can be summed up in a quote from Laura on Twitter. She was asked what the album title means, Bought to Rot. And this is what she said. Like fruit you buy at the grocery store and don't eat, just rots, wasted, waste of money, waste of time. Same with these songs. Eat them now or they will rot.
3: Wow. Okay. (laughs) Jesus.
2: Yeah, yeah, man. Not a huge fan of this album. Uh, She tried some interesting stuff, but yeah, uh, there's more divorce stuff on here and just like, it's very scattered and unfocused. Like I said earlier.
3: I appreciate you not making me listen to it.
2: Uh, Well, that is one thing I was going to mention, right? I wanted to cover this stuff in some form, but I just felt like I've given Austin so much homework this year <laughs> that I was just like, I'm not going to make him listen to two albums and an EP that we are going to talk about for a total of about three minutes each. There's just <laughs> no reason to make him do that. So uh, I know if he had heard this album, at least like his opinion would be the same as mine.
3: Probably, you're probably just right.
2: Very skippable. Uh let's move on. The next album that she released was a solo album called Stay Alive. All right. She released on October 1st, 2020 on Polyvinyl Record Company. Um so the plan here was to do a new Against Me album. But uh I don't know if you heard about this. In 2020 uh, we had this thing called COVID. Ooh. A lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of tours got canceled, and uh, albums ended up not getting released. And uh, yeah, it was a whole it was a whole thing. <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it wasn't cool. Um, <laughs> so basically, um, she had an album ready to go, but she didn't like. She had she felt like she didn't have a way to safely record. It and so she decided just to turn it into a solo album. Uh, it was written and recorded very quickly, and it was released as a surprise release. There was no promotion, it just kind of showed up one day. Um, this is a very like solid back to basics album, it's mostly acoustic. There's a couple electric songs on there, but like the songs are tight, they're focused, they're personal. It's what she does best. I think it's probably the best thing she's done since transgender dysphoria blues. I don't think it's on the level of like the, the top against me albums. I think it's very good. I think it's worth, I think it's worth checking out. I would say the standout songs for me are the calendar song and supernatural possession. And then the final song, old friends stay alive is a fucking fantastic song. A great song. It, It's very clearly uh, like about COVID, but it's not like um, hitting you over the head. Like it's a very, very good song. I really recommend if you don't, if you only want to listen to like one song that we talk about from these three releases, this is the one old friends. Stay alive is a really good song. So I have a quote from a press release for what Laura had to say about this album. I sat around for a month, and a half at home, just being shell-shocked, being like, what the fuck happened, and what the fuck is happening with the world? As I started to get my bearings, I just came to the realization that waiting was going to kill the record and kill the songs. I spent two years working on all these songs, and the idea of throwing them away didn't sit well with me. But then I was like, what am I waiting for? All I have to do is adjust my scope. I can sit here on my fucking ass and do nothing where I can work and i think like a lot of musicians sort of took the same uh approach a lot of people made like acoustic albums or stuff that they recorded like in their home studio and stuff around that time just kind of figuring
3: out what to do but uh oh yeah absolutely yeah i I, but
2: yeah i think of the three releases here like this album is definitely worth checking out um all right, let's move on. I know you really don't have anything to say because you haven't heard about, you haven't heard these, <laughs> but I promise we're going to let Austin talk in a moment, everybody. I just. No, it's fine. Dwayne, keep I, going. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to talk about this stuff at least briefly because um, it isn't against the podcast, but the show is really about Laura. We're not well, talking about like what Andrew has been up to. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's. So I I felt like, well, she's is, the
3: only consistent band member since the beginning, right? Yeah, I mean, like it's, it's not insulting people, other people in it, to say that she's the like the core of the band because she really is,
2: right? And I also think if she put out an album under the Against Me name with three totally new musicians, I don't. I don't think too many people would like be up in arms about it. I think she could get right. away with it,
0: <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: but uh, I don't think she would do that, but I think she could get away with it. Um, all right, let's move on to the last thing, which is an EP called at war with the silver fish, which came out on September 22nd of last year, again, on the polyvinyl record company. This is another surprise release it just kind of showed up. Um, this is a strange, but fun EP. Uh, there's some different stuff than you would expect musically from It's one that really grew on me after a few listens. The first time I listened to it, I was kind of taken aback by some of the stuff that she was doing, but, um, yeah, after a few listens, it really grew, grew on me. She's doing some interesting stuff here and, uh, yeah, I think it's worth checking out. My favorite song is called Smug Fuck Face. It's just a very short acoustic song uh, about a breakup, and uh, it's, it's really good. And the final thing we'll say about this is a quote from Laura, again from a press release for the album. She said, These are songs of late-night madness and loneliness. Orphan songs that came wandering in, looking to feed like insects. All right, I like it, and uh, I think that feels right. I think if you hear this, that that sounds pretty right. Um, the last thing we'll say is that this year she launched a Patreon page uh, where she is releasing like a lot of rare and unreleased songs. I haven't been on there yet because I am worried that she will f- find out who I am and. See the podcast somehow.
3: I'm just glad you said Patreon and not like NFT or something like that. That would be amazing.
2: Florida did an
3: NFT. That's how you ruin it. That's how you ruin a legacy right there. There (laughs) are bands that did NFT. I know
2: uh the Miss the Misfits didn't, but I thought they were going to. I thought there's no way there's not Misfits. Yeah,
3: they feel they feel like the right band to do something. But
2: uh I believe Rancid did it. Rancid had some NFTs which say hey that's not the worst thing anybody in that band's ever done but uh anyway
3: <laughs> <laughs> anyway let's move, on. let's
2: move on Austin because for the for the last time we have some songs to talk about i felt like um we could not do an episode where we just didn't talk about any songs um i think even on the ones where we did you a know, live album or demos and stuff like we still talked about specific songs, right? You know, and went into depth about some music. And uh, there was also just a f- handful of songs that didn't really fit in anywhere in the main timeline, but that I wanted to talk about because I think they uh, are interesting. The first song that we are going to talk about. It's called Untitled 2. It is also known as this song never had a name. Neither one of these are really official titles because it was never officially released. It is from a live performance that the best I can tell is from New Year's Day in 2001 uh, at a club called Core. Uh, This ended up becoming a pretty famous bootleg This particular song was posted on YouTube and it kind of gained a cult following from there. Before I get in to the background info, Austin, I'm just going to let you talk because I really want to stop talking. So what did you think about this?
3: I mean, I, I, I have to say when I listened to it, I pegged, I guess accurately when kind of the time period that it was recorded, because it's very much an early, an early Laura song against me, maybe song. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's it's,
2: Laura solo, but it's Laura solo as against me. So Kevin had just left the band. Okay. And that is what the song is about. It is about Kevin leaving the band. So essentially, she i know i said i wanted you to talk and then immediately interrupted you
3: but uh, (laughs) no it's
2: fine (laughs) it feels like you were you were getting into something that i was going to get into probably um so it was performed once and never again laura just felt the song was too personal uh to keep performing um
3: which is interesting considering the trajectory of her musical career
2: (laughs) right but you know you got to remember at this time, 2001... Right. She was singing about
3: politics still, and right. world issues. We're, issue. we're yeah. still
2: pre-Axel. So, like, there's... We don't really get into, like, the personal issues until, like, Cowboy, really. Right. So, I... um But she just said she felt, like, too vulnerable on stage singing about Kevin because he was so important to her and to the band um i mean it's definitely like a very raw and like unfinished song um but you can see like why it gained a following yeah if you if you think about the early against me songs i think this is one of the best ones
3: Also, there are just a lot of, when you have a fan, a real big fan of a a group, there's a lot of completionists. Right, Right? yeah. They need to have everything. And, I mean, Against Me is a punk band, right? There's tons of, like, outtakes and early stuff and EPs and hidden I mean, like, that's the fun stuff for people that are really into it. Yeah, absolutely. And
2: I also think, like, this song was an outlier for the kind of stuff she was doing at the time. But it actually, like, is a good representation of, like, kind of songs that the band would eventually make right and i think that's why people gravitate to it early i also just think like if you're a young person like this song has a lot of really relatable lyrics even if you don't know anything about the background with kevin and that kind of thing it's just like it it is it is like the perfect song for a a person in their early 20s to write
3: Yeah. yeah
2: yeah um okay i think we've pretty much covered that one uh yeah, it's interesting because I wouldn't say it's like one of my favorite songs ever or anything, but like of the early stuff, it's one of their best. And it's also one that like once I read about the history and stuff, I definitely like gained a uh, a greater appreciation for it. But let's get into a really interesting one here, Austin. Um, I don't think we'll talk too heavily about this, but I just I had I wanted to bring it up. Uh, they did a cover of the song Wagon Wheel by Old Crow Medicine Show. and This came out on a compilation called protect a benefit for the national association to protect children in October 18th, 2005. What'd you think of this one?
3: <laughs> I know the original, I know, yeah. you know, and so it was a very, it's a weird song for the, for them to cover. I was like, yeah, this doesn't feel right. There's too much folk and not enough punk, you know, <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> but also like what year would, what, what year did they cover it? 2005. And when did that, when did this song come out? Like, I feel like, it, I believe the song came out around 2001,
2: 2002. It was not yeah. very old when they covered it.
3: Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was like, this can't, no, it came out in, oh, it was only a year old. It was on their 2004 album. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Like, this is, this is a recent song that they would, yeah. not know, it's fine. I mean, it's, this is a wagon wheel is a very coverable song. Like a yeah. lot of people cover the song. So I think it's just kind of an odd choice, but I could see why they did it.
2: Yes. It, it's, I think it's definitely the kind of song that Laura would gravitate to. And it's also the Bob Dylan thing, because the song is like made up of unused Bob Dylan lyrics. And I'm not sure the whole background on all that. But yeah, I didn't know they used actually. Yes. Yes. So the at least the chorus is written by Bob Dylan and then unused and then this band got permission to use the lyrics. And so I think that's, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. cool. I will say if you are from North Carolina, you're honor bound to like this song, not necessarily the against me version, but the original, like you, it's, you have to like it.
3: I mean, it has to be one of the top ten most covered songs, and which is shocking considering that it only came out in two thousand four.
2: Yeah, because you, you think even in two thousand and five, I would have thought of this as being like an old
3: song because it sounds or like an old song. The original yeah. sounds old.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it just never would have. Yeah, it's very weird to think it's of fine. It only. It's Am very I, strange to think of it only being a year old when
3: they like, right. And I, I mean, it's it's a it's a well done cover of a well covered song. That yeah. I will say,
2: I mean, as much as I love Against Me, and I'm not a big uh, like country folk guy, I much prefer the original to this
3: uh, this version. I just well, I just I kept thinking I was like, there's a reason they weren't playing this on any of the live albums. <laughs> yeah, I think I,
2: I, this feels like something that they just kind of recorded to fuck around with, and then yeah. somebody was like, "Hey, we're doing a charity album. Do you have anything laying around?" And they're like, "We got this." Let's move on to the next song, which now, Austin, this is one of two songs that is technically not an Against Me song. This is an unreleased track from the Heartburns EP. Uh, So basically, in the lead up to that album, she put out two songs on her MySpace page on September fifteenth, two 2008, that were left off of the album. One of them is just an alternate version of a song uh, already on the album, but the other is called "Nuclear Cowboys in an Age of Drift." Um, I think the reason this was left off of the EP is because they probably felt it was too close to "A Hundred Years of War." Like thematically, they're kind of about similar things. But I like this one better. I really really like this song a lot. Yeah. Uh it's another one that's very clearly about the 2008 election cycle, but also like every election cycle that has happened since then. Um yeah. This is just a great little like political song. Uh what would you think of this one?
3: I really liked it. I I this this would have cracked my top 20 songs for them. This might have even come Close to top. Yeah, that's a really good one. I really that's a really good song. Like, I'm 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 a little disappointed that it didn't show up on anything else because I I thought this just nailed it. Maybe they just
2: yeah, this really deserved better than just being like thrown away on a MySpace. Yeah,
3: this is good. It's a good song. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. I wish. I mean,
3: that's all I got. Go listen to it if you haven't.
2: It's fantastic. I think the standout lyric to me here is she says, "We laugh together in the same cynical way. We talk
3: about it in the same beaten down way." And uh, yeah, that's... Uh, no, it's it's excellent. It's, it's a catchy song. I listen to this one more than any of the rest of them. Thanks yeah, I, you. I really, really like this one. All right. <clears throat> I think this next one we're
2: going to have a disagreement about. Uh-oh. Um, okay. This song is going to be the most obscure song that we have ever talked about on this show. Um, this is called My Nausea. I had to really dig deep to find some information about this. I only knew this from YouTube, but it was released on February 2nd, 2011. There was a site at the time called The Switchboard Sessions. Essentially, this song was recorded over the phone and then posted to SoundCloud. And it the idea of the site at the time was to get musicians to do very like lo-fi recordings over the phone and just sort of, uh, quick performances. Um, so this song was played this one time, and then it was never played again. Uh, the post says that basically, it was just never intended for any kind of release beyond this thing. Um, so, this is the only version of it that exists, and I've never seen Laura ever mention it. I've not really seen too many people ever talk about it at all. Um, now, listen, the quality here is very poor. It's, yeah, it's rough. But I love this song I really 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 like this song a lot so uh, before I get into why Austin what did you think because I have a feeling you did not feel the same way
3: (laughs) I did not feel the same way I didn't dislike it but I just kind of it was a it was a song and I was like all right fine you know it was recorded into a potato um but it was it was just fine I mean it was a fine song I don't know I didn't spend a lot of time with it it didn't really connect with me but that could be more about me than anything than the song really
2: i remember this
3: coming out at the time and i
2: would have just found it on youtube i didn't know anything about the switchford sessions or anything i had to i had to go into the internet archive and like dig through stuff because like this website doesn't exist anymore um so but i remember hearing this at the time and just like really really connecting with it um the lyrics are really strong. You can't make out all of them. Uh, Cause like I said, it's a very rough recording and it's kind of an atypical song for Laura lyrically. Um, but I don't know, for whatever reason, this is just one of those songs that like, I really connect to. Um but yeah, this is a very, very obscure song. It was played once and then just completely forgotten about.
3: I mean, that's um, neat. That's a neat thought, but I just, yeah, yeah, the song itself just didn't do much.
2: The, and then I just love the chorus. Didn't I obliterate myself for you? <laughs>
0: that,
2: like, for whatever reason, that line is just always really... uh Connected with me and struck a chord with me, and like I think about so many different things when I hear that.
3: It's because at your core, you are a hopeless romantic who's also self destructive.
2: <laughs> I think that's right. True, <laughs> I think you nailed it. <laughs> now we're doing like a therapy session. Yeah, but, sorry, yeah, we'll
3: move on. I, Next,
2: <laughs> no, 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 no. I think that's, I think you you hit on to something there. Yeah, yeah, no, I think you're right. Wow, yeah, that. That explains a lot. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on Um, to the next song that we're going to talk about, Austin, which is called 500 Years. This was released on May 26, 2014. It was a B-side for the unconditional love single. Um, What did you think of this one?
3: I I really liked it.
2: I, yeah, really, I, did. I really liked
3: this one. This one I actually liked more, even than Nuclear Cowboys in Age of Drift. This was I I absolutely was my favorite. if I said Nuclear Cowboys was I misspoke because my notes were kind of mashing together. Uh, <laughs> I didn't mean that. Um, Nuclear Cowboys was great. It, I but Five Hundred Years was excellent. I mean this this yeah, was the yeah. one that I was like, holy shit, this is a great fucking song. Like why yeah, did this not end up anywhere?
2: It's an abnormal song for Laura. The lyrics yep. are Chill.
3: like ambiguous
2: and strange. It's it's like, but it's got like such a great atmosphere and like yeah. you really create something like really interesting and like deserves better than being the B side of just some like B tier single. Like this is like as I, I get why this was not on the Transgender Dysphoria Blues album because it doesn't really fit, this but is, also. Yeah. It's as good as any song on that album. I really think that they should have saved this for Shapeshift with me.
3: Maybe, yeah. And like, I think
2: because like, right. like this deserved better than just being some random beast. This is a really, really I good agree. song.
3: I 100. Yeah. I'm right on. This is a
2: you. fantastic song. It's um, like I said, it's kind of ambiguous, but basically, like Laura is like singing as like a ghost coming back to life and uh it's it's very it's a very strange song but
3: no it's, it's cool really I, I really it. good i, I definitely
2: it. think people should check it out yeah
3: and i will definitely listen to this one again this is the this is the one this is the yeah it's the it's song. fantastic
2: all right austin let's now the main event
3: this is all i've been waiting for <laughs>
2: the last song that we're <laughs> going to talk about this is once again not an against me song i went back and forth
3: on whether to include this Um, I feel like you did it just for me, though, and I appreciate that
2: well there's a few reasons you're just why.
3: supposed to say yes you're just supposed to go yes i did this for you <laughs> even if you don't have mean heard, it. i
2: didn't know that you liked miley cyrus how would i have known that
3: i'm a dolly parton fan like it's it's a that's her goddaughter i mean like okay. it's a real it's, i
2: don't know that i did nothing about miley cyrus
3: yeah i've heard this song and i've heard like a couple of her singles don't worry i'll tell you about her in just a minute so okay. we'll catch we'll you caught up all right. <laughs> all, right,
2: all right all right before we get into the song we got some, some background This is a cover of the song Androgynous by the band Replacements from Laura Jane Grace, Joan Jett, and Miley Cyrus. And essentially what happened is Miley was using her YouTube channel to promote her Happy Hippie Foundation, which is a foundation that rallies young people to fight injustice facing homeless youth, LGBT youth, and other vulnerable populations. And uh she just wanted to do something with Laura. Her and Joan Jet were really close. Uh Miley and Laura also did a version of True Trans Soul Rebel on the same day that's really good. Um I just felt like this is like the perfect song to end things on. This is like a perfect summation. Um, Before you get into what you are going to say, (laughs) first of all, I I really, really love this song. It's so great. Um, I am not a person who gets like emotional over like art very often i listen to a lot of sad music very rarely does it make me like um tear up or right this is one of the few songs that i will hear this and this will actually make me like tear up and get emotional um it's just like such a powerful performance and i'll tell you what it is it's in the video joan jet just seems like so proud of everyone and like so happy to be involved in like what is going on and like this is just like a really special performance uh i got a little bit more background but why don't you uh, say what you thought about it
3: no i i i agree i mean there was a point in the video where uh Laura Jane Grace backed off the mic a little bit, and Joan Jett is right next to her and puts her arm behind her and pushes her back forward. Be like, yeah. This is all about <laughs> you. Because really, I mean, you could say it's it's Joan Jett, Miley, and Laura Jane Grace. It's really Laura Jane Grace with Miley Cyrus singing back up and Joan takes a lyric, you know. I mean, yeah, it's like yeah. but it's I mean, have you heard the original?
2: Yes. The very original different. It is, is different yes, it's very different. It's, it's like a, a song. slow piano uh, song. Like they totally did like a completely different version.
3: Yeah, um, it's a it's a weird song for like a straight white dude to have written, and it definitely in 1984. In 84, the song's the I know. Yeah, it's from the eight from so Let It, so it like, Be. Yeah, it's um, crazy. It 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 really the song changed. I was surprised. I'd never heard this cover. Before.
2: The lyrics are like way ahead of their time for yeah. like this period
3: <laughs> like, but it also just like the whole meaning and context of this not the meaning but the like the whole song changes when you have those three but like maybe specifically laura sing this song it was like yeah whoa because i'd heard this song and i then heard, didn't hadn't heard this cover and when i heard it i was like wow this is cool this is really yeah. cool i like this a lot i i really yeah. i was um, happy
2: laura talked about in her book about joan Jett being like one of her biggest supporters and just one of the like the best people that she knows. Yeah. And uh, when she came out as trans, she said that Joan was like the first person to get in contact with her and just be like, don't worry about what anybody says to you. Like just be yourself. Like this gender shit is not important like uh yeah so and and i know that uh she is also a big mentor to miley and basically joan kind of put this all together and brought everyone together so this is the one song that we talked about today that actually does show up on streaming services uh they did a documentary about joan jet which i have not seen in 2018 and they had a soundtrack called bad reputation and this song is actually on that soundtrack if you look for it on Spotify. And also if you just, if you go to Laura Jane Grace's Spotify page, this is like the number one song. So it's pretty easy to find, but um, I would really recommend watching the video. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And and it loses a little something without the video. Cause like, like I said, everyone involved just seems like so happy. Yeah. And like really letting themselves go and, uh, yeah, it's, it's a very fun song, in it, but it's it's also, like, very moving that, like, you think about the three people involved and, like, the kind of things that they have been through. And, like, I mean, all three have had very different experiences, but can also, I'm sure, like, really relate to each other and, like, the trajectory that their yeah. uh, their lives have gone on. Sure. So, uh, yeah, just yeah, a fantastic was, it- song.
3: And it was part of I mean, Miley did this whole thing, this backyard sessions that she she did a few years ago. And they're all fun, like all the songs like she brought in just a bunch of people that she enjoyed working with and singing with. And they shot these outside. I don't actually know if it was Miley's backyard. I have no reason to think it wasn't. But, you know, they they did a bunch of these and they were they were just great and they were fun. I just had no idea that Laura had done one with her. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Miley is Dolly Parton's goddaughter. (laughs) Uh, And that happened. This is just my bit of trivia and then I'll pull out. Um, Because there's a song called Romeo. And it was a song by Dolly Parton and Billy Ray Cyrus. And that's where they met. But it also had like a murderer's row of country female artists. uh, Tanya Tucker was in the song. Mary Chapin Carpenter, Pam Tillis. Fantastic like women in country uh and then kathy matea who i'm not very familiar with but yeah they met and they became really good friends and then when billy ray had uh miley he was like would you be her godmother and it's something that dolly takes very seriously like her and miley are, are real real tight and they they show up on each other's albums and on stage with each other all the time so there you go She's okay. part of the Dolly Parton extended universe, which actually I guess means Lord Jane Grace is now too. I don't know. All right,
2: okay. Um, that's interesting. I did not know that. Okay. I don't. I know very little about Cyrus. I will say she. She. Um. She holds back here. She's not like you said. She's mostly doing background vocals, but her background vocals add so much yeah. to the song. Like she really accentuates like certain vote lyrics and stuff. Well, like she knows when to come in and like. Uh, I I was really impressed with her on this song. Um, okay, Austin. I think that's it. That's that's all the songs. That's all of the songs about. we've covered.
3: Yeah. All of the songs we have not talked about.
2: Like every song in existence but goodness the vast majority of them we covered i feel Um, like
3: we've done a pretty good job on yes as far as completionist go
2: yes yes i think i think i think we have at least mentioned in passing everything they've ever done if we have not flat out reviewed every single song
3: because there is no way under the Sun that I would have ever listened to half of these songs had you not told me. Oh, this. Sure, like, There's sure. so many like when you're like this was only released as on the back of another cassette tape that was lost and then found in a pool of water and put on YouTube <laughs> and only YouTube and I'm like okay cool Not that's not that's not that's not belittling the journey because I've had a lot of fun, but boy, there's some songs that I would have never fucking found in my own ever sure sure I would have yeah. done the seven studio albums and I would have been out of there
2: <laughs> I was uh yeah I mean I was an obsessive fan uh during this sort of uh like early 2010s late 2000s period and and of just any band that I was into, but especially against me I just I like I wanted to hear. Every song I could possibly find. All right, Austin, we are moving into the big stuff now. We've got two things left to do before we wrap this motherfucker up for good. Um, The first thing we are going to do is give our list ranking the studio albums from Against Me. Now, I have my list. Austin, you have your list. Yep. Yep. I also have a vice.com article from October 12th, 2017, where David Anthony interviewed Laura and she also ranked the Seven Against Me album. So this is just about a year after Shapeshift with Me came out. Good timing. Uh, yeah. So this is a really fantastic interview uh, where she was extremely honest about her own music in a way that you would not expect many artists to be. I think a lot of her critiques were spot on. I don't necessarily agree a hundred percent with how she ranked the albums. Obviously that's subjective and everyone's ranking is going to be different, but like, I really recommend people uh, look up this interview. And All right. So I think the best way to do this is to start at the bottom And we'll just rotate. I will give mine, then you give yours, and then I will give Laura's.
3: Perfect. That sounds great. Okay. So. Number seven.
2: Yeah. So for me, number seven, and I feel like you are going to agree, is uh, Shapeshift with me.
3: I am. I am 100% going to
2: agree. Yeah. So we won't get super in-depth here on our picks. I mean, I feel like we have talked about all these albums and all these songs a lot. But, uh, you know, we'll toss in a few comments here and there. So if you have anything you want to add, that's great. But if you feel like you just want to give your number and move on, that's totally fine, too. Okay. But I think we both really got into why we felt that this was the lowest ranked album. We kind of hinted as much on the last yeah, episode. Yeah, I think
3: then. we were, we were both, very subtle. <laughs> we,
2: we both liked this album, but neither of us loved it. Yeah. So for number seven, Laura put Searching for a Former Clarity. Mm. She, um, yeah, she just said that she felt that that one was kind of uh, too, too long and uh, they were trying to do too much stuff that didn't really uh, click the way that they wanted. Um, and I'll move right into it. That's my number six. I like every song on that album, but also I think there are songs that could be a lot better. And maybe with some different production stuff, I think that album could have been better than it was. It's I I I mean, I love this band. I really love that album, but we have to rank these. So yeah. What is your number six?
3: Oh, this might be my first controversial one. Uh number six for me is reinventing Axl Rose. Oh my god. Okay.
2: Do <laughs> you want to explain yourself
3: there? I, I mean, I think it was obvious from the, the episode that we did. I i like this. It has some has some good songs, but I just this wasn't this this didn't connect to me as much as the later albums did. And and I think okay. I don't know why that is, but I'm also listening to these that's
2: totally fine. I don't think all for
3: the first time in the same year. So I'm coming in a little differently. Like I think with this album, everybody else is anybody that's a fan of this band has had this album to listen to m- longer than any of the rest of them. 20 so years,
2: I, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: So it's like I, I haven't had that time with it. And so that's why. Number six. It's I I, I was right. like, oh man. I don't know. I mean, that's totally fine. All
2: right. Laura. Where are we at? Yes. So Laura's number six was Shapeshift with me. Okay, And I have to give her credit here. She did not just promote her newest album.
3: I was going to say, that's pretty impressive.
2: She admits that um, she just was like a little too distracted with everything going on. And her full focus wasn't on making this album and that they probably just didn't wait long enough to make another one, which is all kind of stuff that, that we, uh, that we said, but I, I was very impressed that, that she said uh, that that she like and and it wasn't like in a self-deprecating way. She was very realistic about the things that were wrong with that album and what she didn't like about it. And I think most of her points were, were pretty spot on. Yeah. Um all
3: right. no, that's <laughs> impressive. Because most yeah. artists that were on tour would rank this probably their most yeah. current album is like and, number uh, one or the top three
2: yes and david who did the interview even pointed out to her he's like i can't believe that you would say that because most people would just say well our newest album is our best album
1: exactly
2: and uh yeah so uh moving on to number five i went with new wave this one hurt because i feel like this is way too low to rank this album because i've really loved this album a lot but uh, the other four level above it so I, ha- I had to put it here what's your number five
3: my number five is as the eternal cowboy okay we're to list i'm glad our lists are going to be a lot different looking that I- is
2: also <laughs> laura's number five really okay yes she also went with as the eternal cowboy at number five
3: again i don't have a problem with any of these albums i enjoyed all of them it's just yeah. a- it's just a matter of and i have to say the albums were a lot easier to rank than the songs. Holy oh, shit. Yeah. I just suffered yeah. <laughs> over these fucking songs. Yeah, oh we'll my god. The- <laughs> yeah. <we will. laughs>
2: yeah, the album the album ranking is is fairly easy. I I struggled a little bit with my 1 and 2, but otherwise it was it was pretty simple. Um All right. So that brings us to number 4. I went with White Crosses
3: as my number 4. Um
2: really really love that album a lot what was your number four
3: my number four was uh searching for a former clarity okay all right so you were a lot higher on that one than me yeah I was I and I do, Laura I I I agree with Laura a little bit though that there I mean it is a long album there are too many songs but I I, I don't know there's enough good stuff on there where I'm like this is good yeah all right
2: Laura's number four was new wave okay all right. So let's move on. Number three. This is where it got really tough. Yeah. I would, I changed one, two, and three like constantly. And I would say like the gap between one and three is like extremely small. Like only because I had to do this did I (laughs) uh, (laughs) put them in this order. Um, All right. This might be controversial. But I'm putting it at number three, is Transgender Dysphoria Blues. Um, I thought this was a great album. It was a very personal album. But just like for me and my fandom, there are two albums that I feel stronger about. What about you, Austin? What was your
3: number three? Number three for me was New Wave. Okay. Really like this album. And two and three for me kind of went back and forth. Um, So they flip-flopped a couple of times, but I'm, I'm, I'm solid. I like three as new wave. That's where I'm sticking. All right. Laura's number
2: three was white crosses. Number two, this was my number one for a long time. I went back and forth, but I finally settled on this as number two. I'm going with "As the Eternal Cowboy." What was your number two,
3: Austin? Since so It was White Crosses. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I really. So you really this, did like that. I really like that album, and I, yeah. I it loses a few points for the last few songs, like the last four songs. But yeah, uh, that's probably one of the things holding it back from number one.
2: Well, and if you remember, those are all bonus tracks, so they don't really count.
3: Right, right, yeah, they don't, but they. I still Stop. listen to them when I sat and listened to this album, so they're Fair still enough. real to me.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. Laura's number two, I don't think this is going to shock people, but her number two was Reinventing Axl Rose.
3: Yeah, that's not surprising. All right, so
2: that brings us to number one. I really did not want to be the guy to pick Reinventing Axl Rose's <laughs> number one album, but the more I thought about it, I was like... You're overthinking this. What's your favorite album? Some right? an X Rose. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know that's a boring pick. And um, like I said, I hate to I hate to be the guy who's like with any band, it's like, well, their first album is like the only good one, and that's the <laughs> best one. And, <laughs> I really, I really had asked the Eternal Cowboy as number one for like the longest time, and then as I was finalizing this, I, I thought, you know what? No, that's wrong. Rainbow is <laughs> number
3: one. All right.
2: So Austin, what is your number one?
3: Transgender Dysphoria Blues. I right. I feel like the journey that we've been on ended so perfectly with that album you know they it, it, made it it's, three more episodes <laughs> and then they did yeah well it's true But like <laughs> i just went as a band um uh, yeah, no, it, <laughs> well that's probably why the the next album is the my least favorite um yeah i don't know it just it, i it it it's the perfect song for a band like that. I don't even know if that makes sense, but I I don't know. It's just something like this is the band. This is what the band became. They went through a ton of albums to get here, but this is the ultimate, like what they were meant to do was to make this album.
2: Uh, Yes. So obviously this is also Laura's number one. I think what I would say about this is Reinvented Axel Rose is my favorite album, but if you were to ask me, like critically, what is the best thing they ever did, it's got to be Transgender Dysphoria Blues. But in, just in terms of my personal favorite, I'm more of a Reinvented Axel Rose guy. But like, I think in terms of just like songwriting quality and like the message and everything around it. I, I do not have any issue with transgender dysphoria blues being a, the number one pick there. Uh, the final thing I'll say about this is I just have a quote from Laura about reinventing Axl Rose. Um, there's a lot of great quotes in the article, and obviously this is a quote about her number two pick instead of her number one pick. But this to me was the most poignant thing she said in the in the whole Interview, and this is the last quote we're ever going to read on the show, Austin. Unless we do another episode, and then I guess we'll have someone else. For now, this is it. Okay, so essentially, David just asked her, What do you love about this album, Reinventing Astle Rose? She says, The lyrics on that record, I feel really proud of. I don't know what makes something last and change in meaning. But to me, that's the sign of a good song, if it has longevity. But the reason it has longevity is because the meaning of it has the ability to change. So when I play Walking is Still Honest, it doesn't resonate the same way as as it did when I was 17 or 18 or whatever, but it still resonates. I get different meaning from it, and I think about different things when I play it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest. I read that quote, and that's when I changed my, my order around. I was like, oh, she's right, she's right. It's time for the main event. The the big the big one, the big thing that we came here to do from the very start, which is
3: pick out our top 10. This against- is the thing that Dwayne has done on Twitter for a long time. Yeah, then-
2: so I guess I guess people probably don't know about this
3: some people because will, but for the last year i've been slowing people, you down it's taken a, a whole year to want. do this one <laughs>
2: yeah so uh starting at towards the end of 2020 i started doing these sort of like mini reviews on twitter where i would like pick out a band and if you like not necessarily their entire discography but everything that was on spotify and i would just sort of give like sort of uh quick one or two paragraph reviews of the album and then at the end i would rank all the albums and give my top 10 songs and when i did that for the first time i think the misfits were the first band that i did it was just halloween time and i was like was covid and i was at work all the time and losing my mind and i was like what can i do to distract myself while i'm at work what if i just reviewed every misfits song (laughs) and uh for whatever reason like people like were interested in that like it wasn't a ton of people but like people read my reviews and like were interested in what i had to say and like i gained like quite a few followers doing these like reviews. And I think I covered about 25 bands in total. Um, And then I was kind of done doing that. And uh, that's when I had the idea to do the podcast because it seemed like, okay, I think there are at least some people who are interested in what I have to say about music for whatever reason. So maybe this, maybe we could actually do this thing. And uh, yeah, that's sort of uh, doing it. Yeah. So if you ever, uh, if you ever paid any attention to those Twitter reviews that I did, thank you so much because it really, uh, really gave me the courage to, um, to do this. And if you hate this podcast, Hey, you should have been so nice about the uh, fucking music reviews. I would have cut it out a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> also, you
3: hate the podcast. You listen to this episode. We got to talk about a lot of other things going on with you. <laughs> I don't
2: think any. it's very weird because um I was talking to someone about this the other day. Um, We don't have a ton of listeners. I mean, not a lot. I don't know the exact number, but it's not a lot of people. But no one has ever said anything negative to me about it. Yeah, Everyone who's ever said, I'm going to check it out, did, and then reported back to me that they liked it. So that really made me feel really good.
3: Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, here's, here's a tip to everybody that wants to do a podcast, right? Sitting down, thinking of a topic, doing research, recording, that's all the easy part. Getting someone to give a fuck and listen is the hardest thing in the world. Period. Yes. And I,
2: will, I, I tweeted as much about this a couple of weeks ago. I, I really understand that, first of all, any music podcast is a hard ask. The fact that it is about a, a pretty obscure band that is no longer active like that is a really tough ask to ask people to listen to two hours of that twice a month. So if
3: you were willing, our, to our, our episodes go longer than the albums <laughs> by yeah. a big margin.
2: Yeah. So like, if you were willing to do that, like I, I can't tell you uh, how much I, I truly appreciated any anybody who who listened to this and and reached out to me uh, to tell me that they liked it. Yeah. Um, it really really meant a lot there are times where i have been really down about the show and myself um and whether i considered it to be a success or not and certainly last week in my dark time period i was prepared to come on here and say some pretty negative things um but ultimately, I think it was a success because, like, first of all, I had an idea of something that I wanted to do. And then I saw that idea to fruition all the way to the very end. And that almost never happens where I actually do something that I talk about doing. So just that alone is is. Also like I have made something here that like I do for the most part feel
3: feel like pretty pretty good about. Yeah, me too. Like I um and it'll live on, you know? I mean and, this thing once we stop it just it'll exist and be out there.
2: Yeah, and so um but the the biggest thing is like having my friends encourage me has really, really meant like a lot. Yeah. It's really helped me uh, in a lot of ways. Um, There were definitely times where I was really not wanting to do this anymore. I would say like up until the murder Brian episode, I was like super excited every time. (laughs) Once we did that, new wave, it really I really felt like we peaked like we're not gonna do any better than that. and I think we did actually. I think we got a lot better after that episode I agree too. and some I agree of too. our best stuff has been our like our most recent ones. but um i I um I would get down about it and I would just be like, what is the fucking point of doing this? And just to have even one person say, Hey, I actually did listen to this. And like, actually, I really liked it. It was really funny. I just, I mean, yeah, that meant a lot. Um, I did a big thread where I thanked a lot of people. I don't want to go over all that stuff. You know who you are. If I have thanked you before. (laughs) Um,
3: And I, I just really appreciate it. So Let's move on. I, well, I was going to say the other thing, too, to add to that. Not only I think, I mean, I know you and I became much, much better. We became friends, but also good friends as a result yeah. of this. But I also feel like we're at that point where, you know, in three months, four months, if we had to hop back on mics and do something ridiculous, like we 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 know how to do that. Like we can do that together and know that we'll, we'll, we'll be good.
2: I will say, I will say, I don't. It. Me and Austin doing a podcast together again is is probably very likely to happen. I'm sure I'll be on <laughs> if you catch my grip
3: Oh yeah, at, a doubt. at
2: some point next year, I'm pretty positive. But like doing something on a regular basis, yeah, I would not count on that. But uh, yeah, if I think me and Austin doing a, a one off or something, that's definitely possible.
3: Also, I, Laura Loomer's back on Twitter, so we might have yeah. A and I
2: and I know Dalton like likes having me on and like uh we we also have some patreon stories to tell i i teased a couple things that we never got around (laughs) to so i think we'll get to that but yeah but uh the the music podcast thing um yeah i don't know but this is not i just wanted to say this i said this on twitter and i'll say it again here before we get into the top 10 and then we really will give these top 10 songs um this is not ending like for any kind of negative reason. Like, there's no. no harsh feelings, there's no bitterness. Uh, it's just like we, I pitched this to Austin of like, we'll do 17 episodes and then we won't do any more. And he was like, That's I like that idea of doing <laughs> just a few of them. And I was like, Yeah, all right. So, yeah, uh, yeah, all right. <clears throat> it's time, Austin. Let's get do into it. our top 10 songs so what i think we'll do is i will go first okay. because i think your number one song is the most interesting thing that we will talk about because okay. like the show even though i talk over you all the time and do like 80 percent of the talking the show really is about like you discovering uh this band yeah so i think your picks are, are a bit more interesting at least to me
3: Right, because you listener. Well, you don't know where I'm going to come from, but you've got all the information.
2: I, well, I know you're going to, especially on this top ten, hit me with stuff that I'm just not expecting, and I already know I've got at least a couple songs on my list that are not going to be on yours.
3: Yeah, but that's I, kind of I, what I'm looking forward to.
2: But I think it's possible that our number one is the same. Okay, I, th- I think it's it's there's a chance. All right, let's get into it, Austin. My number 10 song is unsubstantiated rumors are good enough for me to base my life upon. Okay. I got the list down to about 15 songs. Really easy. Yep. Getting it from 15 to 10 was the hardest thing. Extremely hard. Yeah. Um, this song was not on the list for a good portion of it. But when I got down to like, okay, today is the day I'm going to finalize the list and then then it's going to be locked. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, if I'm talking about my 10 favorite against me songs, if I don't have this song on here, that then it's not accurate. Like Are there better songs? Yes. But if we're talking about, like, my personal favorites, I gotta put this one on
3: there. I fucking love this song. And I think that that should be clear. Like, this is not a judgment of, hey, these are the best songs. These are our favorite songs.
2: Well, I I mean, I think... No, I think my list is the definitive. These are the 10 best. If you disagree with this, then I mean, you don't know what you're
3: talking about. Well, I clearly don't know what I'm talking about. It's not my my number 10. (laughs) All right. What's your number 10? My number 10 is Walking is Still Honest. Okay. All right. Far and Away are my favorite song on Reinventing Axl Rose. Okay. All right. Because we know how I feel about Pints of Guinness.
2: Let's, all right all right <laughs> my number nine is gonna be a controversial pick. We did the searching for a former clarity episode. I picked unprotected sex with multiple partners as my best song. And I'm gonna just say right now I don't know what the fuck I was thinking with that. That's like the third best song on that album. I just I don't I was thinking about that. I was just like, well what what was going on on that day? That that's what I decided. So, so that's not my number nine song. My number nine song is a song from that album that is not that song. So this song actually ranks higher than what I felt was the best song on the album. <laughs> uh, so I am Which going is to, fine. I'm going to go with another uh, personal favorite here uh, for a pick, and I'm going with Pretty Girls, The Mover. Uh, just the lyrics to that one have always really stuck with me. Anybody who knows my approach to uh, dating and that kind of thing uh, (laughs) knows I highly relate to that song. Uh,
3: What's your number nine, Austin? Number nine. And I think this was my, my, it was one of my favorites from weight crosses, but uh, I really like Spanish moss. Okay. All right. It was was a killer song. It's catchy. I will say this though. And, and, I don't know if this is gonna fuck up the order. I, I do have a bonus song that doesn't count okay. it's from our yeah. I would put random hearts, maybe okay top five, easily actually top five. But I can't put it on there. So yeah. So here's oh the, you
2: use oh it. you can because I put them on. Put
3: them oh on you them. did? Oh well, yeah. fuck, I messed it all up. Then I have a top eleven. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'll okay. shove it in somewhere. Damn it. All right. I'd probably take Spanish moss off the list and put uh, Random Hearts on there.
2: Okay, I'll let you do that.
3: I just don't know where I'd put it because I haven't thought about it. But there we go. Okay, messy nine. All right. Yeah. All right. Leave (laughs) all that in. It's
2: yeah. yeah, That's fine. That's fine. Uh, Let's move on. I think you got a little confused there about what was eligible to be picked
3: i just so figured that, solo stuff wasn't but i went through everything else well like all i the said that if
2: we talked about it on the show it was eligible to go all to
3: right well i just i didn't remember that because i don't remember okay. anything all right anyway it's no big deal let's move on to number
2: eight i went with transgender dysphoria blues uh we really talked about that song and death i don't have a ton to say about it but i just like really really love that song a lot what was your number eight
3: my number eight for me was because of the shame. Another okay. one off of white crosses. All right, and my and I will th- say these all mixed like these jumped in positions and and all like all the way up until we started recording. So if you ask me tomorrow, this may be different. Okay, my
2: number seven. I know you don't have this one on your list. Is uh, pints of Guinness make you strong? <laughs> um, this was higher for a while, but uh, I really. St- I really started thinking about, like, what the top five is and what belongs in the top five. I thought this was just below top five. But, like, yeah, man, I just think you're out of your fucking mind. And if you ask, like, 99.9% of Against Me fans, like, what one of their best songs is, if not, like, what is your favorite song?
1: Right.
3: People... Most people are going to say this, but they also like again. They, I mean, most fans have been following this band for a long time, right? Where you're not you're not getting a whole lot of new. You are there are new against me fans, but I'm like, I think coming from a different place. I don't know. Maybe I'm just full of myself, and I think I have a unique perspective because I've never heard this band until this year.
2: But maybe I'm wrong. I, I feel I feel like if you've never heard Queen before, and you went and explored their discography. You would go, yeah. Another one bites the dust is like one of their best songs. Like it would just be obvious. It wouldn't matter when you heard it.
3: Okay, that's fair. That's a fair point. I just, yeah. I'll just I guess I'm just gonna sit here on my wrongness. What number were we at? (laughs) Okay. What is your number seven? Uh number seven is Miami.
2: Okay. All right. That's both Conrad and Dalton's favorite song.
3: That's a good song. Both of them
2: said that that was their favorite. Um, Or one of their favorites. They both had two favorites. But that was on both of their list. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. My number six is one that you have already mentioned. One of my all-time favorite songs, Because of the Shame. It's a good song. Really good song. Again, that is another one that we went so Super in depth on, so I really don't want to retread too much. But like, Sad yeah, boy man, song. yeah, just, just like, yeah, my all time favorite songs. It's
3: a good song. It's a really good right. song. Could have been What's higher, gonna... maybe, but no, that's just where I put it.
2: I mean, what? I had it as high as like number three at one time. But uh what was your number six, Austin?
3: My number six was or is New Wave. Okay the song "New Wave" off the album new wave all
2: right i'll take that catchy it's a
3: good good side one track one like what a what a great song to lead an album off
2: sure and that is one thing that we talked about on pretty much every episode it's like they almost every time nail it with the opener
3: yeah yeah let's
2: move on to my number five song this was a tough one Um, this is one of my personal favorite songs. I had this as as number two for a long time, Um, but I decided to put it number five because I think the the four songs that I picked are better (laughs) than this one. It is not an against me song. It is from the Heartburns EP and it's Harsh Realms. A perfect song, just in general. Love it. What was your
3: number 5? 5 Bye for me uh anthem song really loved it would would if if against me your lord jane went on tour i would absolutely check them out and for the to to sing this song is uh true trans soul rebel loved it okay. song. okay all right fantastic song
2: okay my number 4 uh obviously this song holds a special place in my heart uh it's baby i'm an anarchist Which, um, as we talked about before on the episode, and then we talked about earlier on this episode, but I'll just bring it up one last time here, is a song that uh, Laura Jane Grace pulled me on stage and let me sing with her (laughs) when I saw them in 2010, which up until this year was the greatest thing that's ever happened to me at a concert. But I I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, (laughs) Austin. But earlier earlier this year, I went to see a band called Apes of the State. I don't know if you've heard of them. Uh, they're, they're sort of like an emo-folk-punk hybrid. They um, never wrote people, me back. Maybe people, <laughs> <laughs> maybe people should check them out. Um, but I actually went to their show, and you're not going to believe this, is I saw a dog there. No I, fucking I, way. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, all right. Austin, <laughs> what was your... <laughs> What was your number four?
3: So, Baby I'm an Anarchist was in my top ten up until the very end. It did. Yeah. But this is sort of like, if 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 Baby I'm an Anarchist is the call, then this might be the response. So, my number four is I was a teenage anarchist.
2: Okay. All right. Yeah. That's not it's- in my top ten, but that is a great song.
3: I just I really liked it. It resonated with me. And then I think that like the silly controversy around it made me like it more where it was like, wow, you guys really missed the point of the song. (laughs) Yeah, it's very funny how like even to this day,
2: I had a couple people that were kind of weird about that song when I mentioned that We were gonna talk about it. And it's like, no, 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 but you don't you don't you You still don't get it? (laughs) It's been 12 years, you still don't understand what's going on. Okay. Um I will say one thing that people love to do uh, is tell me that either they think against me is just all right or that they just flat out don't like them at all. People love to mention this to me. And I'm like, thank you. That's very helpful. I would love to know that you do not think something that I have devoted an entire year of my life to is worth any time at all. That's great. Thank you for letting me know that.
3: I just want to meet someone who's like, "Uh, against me is okay, but that podcast about them is excellent.
2: Ed. Yeah.
3: Well, yeah, no, you're right.
2: Maybe. Ed Ed has told me multiple times. He's like, Yeah, I like it against me, but I don't understand why you do a podcast about them. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Ed. There you go. That's a good kick (laughs) in the pants. uh, Yeah, but yeah.
3: All right, Um, we're in top three territory now.
2: This is a big deal. All right. Yeah, we're getting into it now. All right. I had this at number one, number two, and then I finally settled on it at number three, one of their
3: signature songs. I'm going with Sink, Florida Sink. It barely missed my top 10 as well. That was on there. All right, what was your number three number three transgender dysphoria blues all right okay catchy song yeah. i just it. I, I i like it i just didn't quite like it as much as my top two
2: yeah all right okay my number two um is walking is still honest oh okay uh yeah i just still think that that's like
3: is that the first song that we've shared on the top tens? No, we had Transgender Dysphoria Blues because the of the shame. Yeah, that
2: okay. was your number. Oh, you, that was your number. Yeah, three. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> which one was it for you though? Eight. Okay, that's why. Yeah, perfect.
2: So Walking is Still Honest. Oh, that was on your list, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we've had okay. three. Okay. All right, all right. Okay. What was your number two? My number two was Thrash Unreal. Ah, okay. Uh Oh what? You didn't think you thought it was gonna be something different, didn't you?
2: No, it's just that my number one is Thrash Unreal.
3: Oh, then I'm definitely gonna surprise you with my number one. I
2: think that that to me is unquestionably their best song. When people say to me, what I want to hear against me. What should I listen to? This is always the first song I play. I, if, you like, if you like this,
3: you might can, like this. Band. We can
2: go from here. If you right. don't like this, we're fucked. I'm not playing reinventing Axel Roche for you because you're not going to like
3: it. I agree. I, I will agree with what you just said, but it still didn't make my number one. This is just like a perfect like pop rock. Agreed. I really think
2: the record label dropped the ball. This is exactly the fucking kind of song that the radio was eating up in like 2006, 2007, 2008. Like, why was this not a bigger hit? I don't don't get it.
3: I'd be willing to say that it would still probably get a bunch of radio play today. Like, this song would still fit in on on today's... I don't listen to a lot of contemporary radio, but I think it would fit in on... But this is
2: like a perfect mid-2000s
3: radio rock
2: single. Like... And, and Laura talked about in her book being like really disappointed with the promotion. But she had a lot of really uh, wild ideas she wanted to do for the music video that the record label just like shot down. And I it's just really weird to me that like, OK, they spent a lot of money to sign them. They spent a lot of money to make this this album they gave them a lot of time they hired Butch Vig who I'm sure did not come cheap right. like then they made this album that like is well received by the critics far outpaces the sales of anything they've ever done before and like the record label just like doesn't fucking do any promotion yeah. And then they get pissed off at the band that it didn't sell, and it's like you had a fucking hit on your hands and you dropped yeah. them all.
3: You had a you had a big but time. This dead. is
2: a hit song.
3: Yeah, I agree. It's crazy. I, I yeah. uh, okay, but let's get to it, Austin. What, in your opinion,
2: is the number one against me? So even though you're you're clearly wrong, but uh,
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's another one that didn't make even your top ten. Um, my, I really, I liked it when I heard it the first time, I just kept coming back to it over and over again, but I gotta say it was black me out. Okay. I will say that if I had an eleven it would be black. That out. was the last,
2: that was the last song I cut. Yeah. It was between that and unsubstantiated rumors. I went back and forth.
3: Yeah. It's a great song. Just-
2: I really, I'm not going to take issue, even though I did not have that on my list as a number one, cause that is just a fantastic song.
3: It's, yeah, fantastic it's a fantastic great- song. It really just yeah. hits me. It's the right tone. It's something that I would listen to. It would definitely show up on like a mix of songs that I like. It's, it's definitely in my, my my vibe my my wheelhouse of, of music so i i loved it i i just connected with me and yeah no i dig it a lot
2: all right well that oh, was, we did it we did it that is everything that we set out to do
3: and more. way back
2: in february <laughs> yeah um all right before we get into our final thoughts here do you do you want to do plugs This is the last time, I guess so. Well, Uh, you know what? Let me let me let me talk about it, okay? All right, because they've been talking for a while. We're going to do this, Alex Jones show. I was so excited. I know this is Dalton's like favorite topic. Couldn't wait. Pops up on my feed here.
3: Oh no! I know what you. And
2: I see that Austin has booked a guest that doesn't like me. Me and this guy got heat, Austin. I what,
3: didn't know. It t- <laughs> I'm just Had I known, I would invited it. him to this show. Yeah, <laughs> Let's yeah. Work it out.
2: No, I I don't think he doesn't like me. I just, well, no, I think it's safe to say he doesn't like me. He got he got mad at me about some stuff that I don't think he was totally out of line to be upset about. Me about but I was just kind of making some dumb jokes and no, man, I think he cr- took it seriously. That cracked me, but up. um,
3: yeah, um. Yeah, I didn't know that until after the fact. The episode dropped, and you, you, and you and Dalton were texting, and then sent me a screenshot, and I was like, "Oh, well, that's fun." <laughs> I knew Dalton
2: was gonna go like, "What? What?" But uh, anyway, we'll leave that in. He's never gonna hear this. No. Um <laughs> I don't care anymore. We might as well this will burn every bridge. We're fucking done anyway.
3: I'm- Twitter beefs are funny too, just in general. Yeah yes and
2: i've had many I, I i mean i'm i'm still kind of annoying on twitter but i used to be very annoying like when i had no followers i would just say anything and like did not give a shit but uh one time i was talking to some people and um i was going like uh no you know like i'm pretty i'm pretty uh I'm pretty well-liked on Twitter. And Conrad goes, you're blocked by over 300 people. Now, I don't know how she knows that number. (laughs) I think that's probably accurate.
3: That's amazing. I'd be happy about that.
2: I discover people all the time that I'm blocked by that, and I
3: just don't know why.
2: (laughs) But I'm sure it was my fault. Um, If you did want to follow me on Twitter, Uh, you could do that at Age of the Fever. And where are you on Twitter, Austin?
3: I am back on Twitter at GriftDaddy. And I will stay there until the place burns
2: also think that i didn't let you do your plug i don't think you ever mentioned the name of your podcast or where people could find it or anything <laughs> of it like that.
3: i think they've <laughs> gathered it at this point but if you do want to listen to the other show that i do with dalton who's come up a few times on this episode uh i have a show called it's if you catch my grift um latest episode is about alex jones um but we're gonna we're we're gonna start. This is like breaking here first. We're I'm tinkering with the format a little bit for 2023, so we'll see we'll see what happens. We're gonna play around a little bit. I just I know I you know I I've got thoughts on our presentation before, and we've got some fun episodes coming up. I've got some real wacko people that I've I found a lot, of, and we might lean a little bit more into some of these alien grifters. But uh, if, you, if any of that sounds appealing at all, come check us out.
2: All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely a show that I'm a fan of. That's how, why I picked Austin to do this. I knew that he would be good at it. Do you have any final thoughts? Just any kind of anything you want to leave people with?
3: Yeah. Well, I guess, first of all, I want to thank you and I know you don't want this to be about you. So I apologize Uh because this is your brainchild and this is your baby. And I appreciate you letting me be a part of it. You also had to find like the one guy who'd never heard against me which, you know, congratulations. Oh, believe me. I learned there's plenty of people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, this has been, honestly, it's been a ton of fun. I uh, do have a, a new respect for this band because, you know, I'd say there's still a new band. Uh, they completely obliterated my Spotify year-end stuff. Um, but <laughs> for, honestly, this is this is a group that I think is going to stay with me for a while. And I wasn't sure how that was going to happen. The first episode we recorded, we were like, well, if I hate the band, it's going to be a real quick podcast. But luckily that didn't happen. And Dwayne knows my musical tastes enough where he was like, I think you might like this. And he's usually right when he says that to me. Pretty much every act except maybe Uh, I was like, yeah, I get I get it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just I just if, if you haven't checked out the band at this point i'm not sure what you're doing but uh thank you Dwayne. this has been a lot of fun Yeah, and check
2: out her sister's band too swear oh you you're
3: talking about it (laughs) that's all i got i'm done (laughs) (laughs) all right um yeah man i really
2: have had a lot of fun doing this and um it has helped build my confidence in in a lot of ways um so who knows Maybe in the future, in the future, I'll do something else, but I'm going to tell you, it's not going to be anytime soon. I,
3: uh, <laughs> I, I really can need, use a break.
2: <laughs> I really need a break from doing this. I agree. Um, but uh, I've had a lot of fun with it. And um, I think that's it. I think we're good. I think we have actually said that everything that could possibly be said about against me, I think we we, we covered it.
3: Period.
0: When I get home